Welcome and thank you for joining us here for the Bread of Life, a listener-supported program of the International Mission Church Partnership Evangelism. To learn more, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. When considering the holiness of God, we are introduced in Scripture to the concept of light. God is light, the Bible says, and in Him is no darkness at all. And when we think about how God made the worlds and this earth, we recall that He gave us the sun as the means to bring us the energy and power, the life-giving power of light. But it is a temporary measure. In heaven there will be no sun. God will give us the light of His holiness. It will be the unending, life-giving power of His presence. Revelation 21, verses 23 and 24. A. Let me read that to you. So all of verse 23 and the first half of verse 24. The city had no light of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. Now go to 22, verses 3 through 5. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God... And the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. And there shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. 1 John 1.5, John tells us God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. The optimal future that's before us of heaven and earth will be a day when God will be all of the light for us. There will be no need for the sun. He'll be our light. It says the Lamb is its light as well. The Lord Jesus stood up before the people. You might remember it's in John chapter 8, verse 12. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but have the light of life. It's our destiny. It's what he offers us. Heaven will give us a light that will never go away or be diminished. It will be a light of the spectacular holiness of God, and yet it will be experienced with the glow of all of its warmth, all of its greatness. You know, if you know your Bibles well, you should not be surprised that there's coming a day when heaven and earth will not have a sun. Because if you read your Bibles, you'll read that when God created the earth, the heavens and the earth, that the Bible tells us that The first thing that God did on the first day of creation was he said, let there be light, and there was light. Then you go on and read that on the third day, God created all of the trees and all of the green grass, and there were fruitful trees that were growing upon the earth, and then on the fourth day, you'll read that he created the sun. There was no sun bringing light to the earth. On days one, two, and three, there was just light that God commanded to come forward. And it was the light, it was the light that God commanded to come forward that was sustaining all things. It was a confession by Moses, who wrote Genesis, having had this truth revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, that God is light. That God, not the Son, is the source of light and life. And that We understand now in the new heaven and the new earth that we will have the presence of God and His light as a thing that will replace this temporary faint flickering sun that men are worried will one day lose its power 
and tell us the inevitability of all things will be, that will be cast up into darkness and incinerated when the sun fails. But it's not true. Because it's not the sun that gives us light. It's God. And the inevitability is God, who is eternal and infinite, will bring us into the infinite, eternal enjoyment of His holy light. And that's where we're going. That's the trajectory we're on. That's the inevitability of all things in time. It's one day to be in His light. Let's look at another one. Holiness in heaven as light, but now holiness in heaven as life, as abundant life. The Bible indicates or teaches us that the impact of God's presence among us is that He comes to dwell among us in order to pour out abundance upon us, in order to pour out all of His goodness upon us, in order to pour out His life upon us. The Bible says that in Him is the life and His life is the light of men. He brings life to everything. And so heaven is going to be a place in which the holiness of God revealed and fully enjoyed will bring forth a flourishing of abundant life flowing out from His presence. Stay with me for a moment in the first days of creation, that first period of creation. We understand that after the seven days of creation that what we have is a picture of a garden. And there in the garden is man living in the presence of God. And the garden has everything in it that man needs to flourish. Everything that man needs to enjoy life and enjoy communion and fellowship with God and also enjoy perfect communion and fellowship with one another. Good. That's the Garden of Eden. It's a place that we understand have been very fruitful and abundant and governed by the overflow of peace and health and life and there, man interacted with God, uninterrupted by sin, and his environment was untouched by sin. It was this garden in which Adam and Eve would walk with God in the cool of the day. Let me share with you this idea of the temple. I referred it to you. Remember I said the sun is kind of juxtaposed against the idea of light, and the temple, the throne of God, the presence of God, is put against or understood, paralleled with this idea of life. A number of Bible scholars believe that the Garden of Eden actually is a depiction of a temple garden that grows out from the presence of God in His temple. In fact, the way in which the temple was constructed that God ultimately informed the people of Israel to build, it was to be constructed in Jerusalem, in the high place of Jerusalem. And they even their prophets said that there was coming a day when Jerusalem would be elevated to be the highest place on all of the earth. And out of that high point where God's presence would be known would flow life to everything around it. The temple was a representation of God's presence among the people and was out from the presence of God that life came to the people. And that was one of the teaching points that God was illustrating over and over and over again to the Jews as they built the temple. The temple was the place where God was met and the temple was the place where God would restore His temple garden to all the earth. It was from this point that God would bring, in a sense, the Garden of Eden and life back to all people. It was in His presence. It was only in His presence that life could be found. It was with fleeing from His presence and going away from His presence that you have brokenness and fallenness and deadness. Go to Ezekiel chapter 28. By the way, just kind of an interesting note here. I picked it up from an author named Desmond Alexander. He points it out. It's in Ezekiel 28 that there's a passage where Ezekiel is referring to the temple. And he refers to the temple in two ways. 
he refers to it, one, as a garden, and in another place, he refers to it as the mountain of God, the mountain of God, a high place, a high place from which God's presence and the benefit of God's presence flows down. Do you know the Garden of Eden, we're told that in, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 10, that a river went out from the Garden of Eden and it flowed out and parted into four great rivers. What does it tell you? If a river came out from the Garden of Eden and then it flowed down into four great rivers, it, it meant that the Garden of Eden was a high point. It was like a mountain. That's the same idea of this temple that we're referring to. That's the image that Ezekiel gives of Jerusalem and the temple in Jerusalem and what God would one day do out of the temple in Jerusalem. He had a vision in Ezekiel 47. That's where I want you to go now. Ezekiel 47. Here is an image of the day when the Messiah will come and he'll begin to rule over all the earth and he'll restore the blessing of God's presence and God's throne being upon the earth to the earth. And it's in the vision that Ezekiel has in 47 of the temple in Jerusalem, on the mountain in Jerusalem. And it's a picture of this river that flows out from underneath the temple, from underneath the throne of the presence of God, and it flows down all the way down to the lowest point on earth, which is, Jerusalem right now is not the highest point in the earth, but the Dead Sea is the lowest point on earth, and the water flows all the way down to the Dead Sea, and it brings life everywhere it goes. Let's read it. Verse 1 of chapter 47, and let me read you 12 verses here. Then he, an angel, brought me, Ezekiel, back to the door of the temple. And there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced the east. And the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. And he brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside of the outer gateway that faces the east. And there was water running out on the side, on the right side. And when the man went out to the east with a line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits. That's about a quarter of a mile. And he brought me through the water, and the water came up to my ankles. Then again he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters, and the water was up to my knees. And again he measured 1,000 and brought me through the water, and it came to my waist. And again he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not, within, within a mile of this original source it was so deep that I could not cross it for the water was too deep water in which one must swim a river that could not be crossed and he said to me son of man have you seen this and then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river and when I returned there along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other and then he said to me this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the valley and enters the sea. That's the Dead Sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the river goes will live. And there will be a great multitude of fish because these waters will go there for they will be healed. And everything will live wherever the river goes. And it shall be that fishermen shall stand by it from Engedi to Ingalam. And they will be places for the spreading of their nets their fish will be of the same kinds as the fish of the great sea. That's the Sea of Galilee, exceedingly many. But its swamps and its marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to salt. Along the bank of the river on this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. And their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. 
and they will bring fruit every month because their waters flow from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine, for healing. The vision God gave to Ezekiel. If you were to drive from Jerusalem now and you were to follow the highway, and by the way, I did, I, I googled and I found it, a video of someone driving from Jerusalem all the way down, all the way down to about 30 minutes. I kind of sped it up all the way down to the Dead Sea, and it's dead all the way down. It's just barren and dead all the way down. God is saying one day out from my throne and my presence, I'm going to begin a movement of life and of abundance that's going to flow all the way down. It's going to be life to everything it touches. It's going to take the Dead Sea that you can go out to now. You can float in it and you can't even sink yourself in it because the density of the salt in that sea is heavier and more dense than the fluids in your own body. You can't sink in it if you tried and I'm going to bring all this water into it and it's going to be filled with life and it's going to be teeming with fish and the trees around it are going to produce fruit that are going to bring healing to you. They're going to be food and medicine for the nations. What is it? It's the impact of God's holy throne and God's holy presence it's the impact of the temple garden that God planned when God was among us and dwelling among us and we were with Him and would bring life and healing and health to us. And people will tell you that the inevitability of life is decay and destruction and death. And God says, no, that's not your future inevitability. It's life. It's abundant life. It's unending health and healing and I'm bringing it. This has been the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry in the community of Boise, Idaho, or our outreach work around the world, just go to breadoflifeboise.org. There you'll find links to radio archives, full-length sermons, and information on how you can give to our mission to raise up Christians as evangelists and disciple-makers around the world. Until the next time, God bless you.